Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film... Or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Welcome to the Bishop Kevin Foreman Leadership Podcast. I am so excited that you are connected with us today. We're going to have an amazing discussion today to help you go further faster. Listen, if you do not have the Harvest Church mobile app, I want to encourage you to get it. It's available both on Android as well as the uh, Apple platforms. The simplest way to get it is to go to harvestchurch.church. That's one way. Second way is go to bishopforeman.com, F-O-R-E-M-A-M.com. And thirdly, you are able at the time of this recording to text the word harvest, H-A-R-V-E-S-T, to the phone number 59769. And when you do that, we'll shoot you a text right away that will help you get connected and get the free Harvest Church mobile app. Listen, we want to encourage you in a couple of things. If you're not a member of the Harvest Leadership Network, currently, as of the time of this podcast, there is no cost to join. Why do we do this? Because it's our desire uh, to empower leaders to change regions so we can seize the harvest. We are all about results. And so we want to connect with leaders, not just in the world of church, but leaders in all the seven areas of society, of family, arts and entertainment, of course, church, media, education and government. So if you're a leader in any of those areas, we want to connect with you. And I want to pour into you and empower you. And so when you join the network, there's so many great benefits, including discounted one-on-one sessions with me. I am called upon often by executives and leaders of startups all the way to major uh, multi-million dollar corporations. At the end of the day, what my job to do as a leader is to empower leaders. You know, um, I've been blessed by many accomplished leaders to be called uh, the leader to leaders, the general to general, the pastor to pastors, the bishop to bishops. And so uh, I want to simply do my job and fulfill my assignment and do that with you. So I want to encourage you to join HLN. You can find out about that at harvestsearch.church, again, on bishopforman.com, or you can even text HLN to 59769. And uh, at the, the as of the time of this podcast. And when you do that, you will be able to um, get connected and join and connect with other like-minded leaders like yourself. You have got to be around sharp people to stay sharp. You've got to make sure that your circle reflects where you want to go, not just where you've been. And so I encourage you to connect with us in that way. Uh, In addition to that, I want to make you aware of something. Also, this is for Uh, everybody that's connected to the Harvest Leadership Network, as well as those that are listening to the podcast. So until December 31st, until December 31st, you are able to use the discount code for Harvest Bible College that's going to give you a very significant discount on earning your associates through doctoral level degrees 
and Harvest Bible College. You can find out again more about that on our website, uh, harvestchurch.church, bishopforman, F-O-R-E-M-A-M.com. And uh, you can do it that way. And the discount code as of the time of this recording, you ready? You got to get a pen and a pad, is 3330HBC, 30HBC, all one phrase, 30HBC, lowercase, and you can take advantage of a significant discount that we're offering to those that are connected with us both in our leadership network, as well as those that are connected with us um, through the Bishop Kevin Foreman Leadership Podcast. Listen, today's podcast is going to be something that is absolutely amazing. And we're able to continue to do this because of the faithful giving of people just like you. So I want to encourage you, if you're blessed by the podcast, um, not just the leadership podcast, but even the message podcast, we've got executives, doctors, lawyers, uh, entrepreneurs, startups, people in tech, people that are heads of hospitals. So many people are connected to me and so many people are connected to Harvest. I should say Harvest and I. And so as a result, we want to make sure that we can bring you high quality content that's going to keep you sharp so that you can continue to spread God's influence in those seven areas of society. That's what the kingdom is. See, the kingdom on earth is heaven's attributes on earth, which simply means that God's influence, the way he does things is being exerted in one of those seven areas of society. So I want to encourage you, if you have not yet given to give, because your faithful giving is how we continue to change lives. All right. A few ways that you can give um, that I want to encourage you. Again, one, you can go to our website, harvestchurch.church, click the give button. Two, you can give on our mobile app. You can, again, get that by texting at the time of this podcast, the word harvest to the phone number 59769. You can also mail it. Uh, they used to call that back in uh, back in sales. They call it snail mail. You can mail it to uh, P.O. Box 441004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. Many of our entrepreneurs actually like to do that because they will set up regular giving and they'll use their online bill pay system through their banking. So um, you're welcome to do that. Just send it to Harvest Church, P.O. Box 441004, Aurora, Colorado, 844. Cash App. Many harvesters um, enjoy using Cash App, and perhaps you would also. Um, There's two different handles. If you want to send it directly to me, you can do that to Cash Tag. That's the money sign. Bishop Foreman, F-O-R-E-M-A-N, or you can do it to cash tag Harvest Church Give, all one phrase, Harvest Church Give, or cash tag Bishop Foreman, B-I-S-H-O-P-F-O-R-E-M-A-N. All right, those are the simplest and easiest way to give, and of course, text to give. You can text the amount you want to give to the phone number 84321. Again, we've got all these methods to just make it simple and easy for you. To the phone number 84321. And uh, then you're going to put in the zip code 812. That's where the Aurora campus is located. You'll find the Harvest V. That's where you want to be. And uh, go ahead and set up your payment. And you can give that way. Uh, Listen, one of the amazing things about what happens when you give to Harvest is we show you every single week. If you've never tuned in to a live worship experience, I encourage you to tune in or just go to the give page on our website because we show you where your money's going. We show you all of the great missions we support domestically and abroad, giving away over $300,000 at the time of this podcast to missions. Hundreds of thousands of pounds of food given away, over a hundred thousand articles of clothing given away. So some amazing things that God is doing through Harvest, and that's because of your faithful giving. So I just want you to know that we take what we do seriously, and we take letting you know what we're doing with what we receive. We take that serious too, because one, we should give because um, God's word teaches us to give. But the reality is. 
is that we also give uh, and it's good to know that what we're doing is helping to change the lives of other people. Got it? All right. Listen, today, guys, we are going to have an amazing leadership talk. I want to talk about the discouraged leader. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus name, we bless you. We thank you. I pray for every incredible leader that's listening to this podcast now. And I pray, God, that you'd speak to them with clarity, that you'd speak to them with power, that you'd speak to them with authority. I declare that whatever questions, whatever issues, whatever vicissitudes they're facing in their life, in their ministry, in their business, in their family, in the government position they hold, in the educational position they hold, whatever it is, I pray that you'd speak to them with clarity and I pray that you'd speak to them with power right now. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So listen, um, there's a story in the Bible that I want to talk about because when you're a leader, um, you're going to deal with discouragement. Can I just get an amen right there? When you're a leader of anything, you're going to deal with discouragement. And so it's never, it's not going to be where you are exempt from it. You're not going to have a moment in your leadership where you um, don't encounter it. The reality is, is the more progress you make, the more discouragement you're going to have. I'm going to say it again. And guys, throughout today's podcast, if something stands out to you, I want you to share it on Instagram, put it in your Insta story, share it on Snapchat, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, and make sure you put at Bishop Foreman to it. And I will retweet your tweet and I will share what you share on Insta story. Why? Because we want to empower as many leaders as possible. One of the things about Bishop Foreman is Bishop Foreman is all about pouring into people. All right. So we want to encourage as many people as possible. So any of you here today, I'm going to give you some some nice takeaways so that you can share them on social media and just at Bishop Foreman them. So that way we'll be able to share them with people. You're going to deal with discouragement. In fact, the more progress you make, the more the more discouragement you're going to deal with. In First Samuel chapter thirty, here it is. David is now becoming a leader, and as David is becoming a leader, David is now facing some of the leadership tests that come with being a leader. And so, in First Samuel chapter thirty, uh, verse number eight, it says, "So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them?' In other words, David was saying, I, I'm willing to fight, and I'm willing to lead these people that are with me to fight. I just need to know that I will win." And he said to them, "Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all." David asked two questions. God gives him three answers. And so, when we look at this particular narrative. Um, if I was to talk to you as a pastor, the art of preaching is called homiletics. And in homiletics, there's a variety of ways to postulate the principles of the sacred text. The three I employ the most often are topical. Topical preaching is where you pick a topic and then you use scriptures to support the topic in which you're talking about. Number two is expository preaching. This is where you explain a particular passage. So let's just say you take uh, John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I am come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So an expository preaching will explain that passage. Exegesis is not just an explanation. Exegesis is referred to the type of preaching where it's an in-depth explanation. And that's what I want to do with this particular podcast. I want to look at the art of how to not only encourage yourself, but what to do when you're a leader and you're discouraged. 
In 1 Samuel 31, we're going to go, literally, we're going to take a scalpel to this because I really want to give you some practical things to deal with. Hear me, leader. You're going to deal with discouragement. That doesn't mean that you stop your assignment. That doesn't mean that you give up. That doesn't mean that you shut the business down. That doesn't mean that you shut the church down. Now, that's not the answer for everything because sometimes people think that everything is to be fought for. Everything's not to be fought for. But hear me, when God's called you, you need to know you're going to deal with discouragement. But discouragement does not mean denial. Discourage does not mean that you need to shut down. First Samuel 31, now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites, now the word Amalekites means enemies or giants. It says they had invaded the south and Ziklag uh, and they had attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Let's break this verse down. David and his men. So stop. David's operating as a leader in this context. It's important to understand when you're a leader, you're always on. I'm going to say it again. When you're a leader, you're always on. Even in your downtime, if you are in front of those that you lead, you are always leading. Don't ever get too casual or familiar with the people you're leading. Because watch this. While you may turn off your your title, where you may turn off your leadership, the people you're leading do not. They still see you as their leader. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, third day tells us that they'd been on a journey. So David and his men had already been on a journey and David now um, is leading them. He's leading them and they're tired. Whenever you are a leader and you're dealing with people who are tired, you have to be careful not to take on the spirit of the people you're leading if their spirit's not right. I'm going to say that again. You have to be careful not to take on the spirit of who you're leading when their spirit isn't right. This is so important because if you don't get this principle, you will often watch this because the people you're leading may be tired. You'll get tired because the people you're leading get frustrated. You'll get frustrated because the people you're leading get angry. You'll get angry. Now, it says that the Amalekites invaded the South and Ziklag. And they attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Two things happen here. One, the Am- Amalekites means enemies or giants. It's plural, Amalekites. It's not, it's not just one enemy, it's multiple enemies. And they had invaded the south, watch the verse, and Ziklag. So there were two invasions, but there was only one place that was attacked. And this is an important um, principle to note because sometimes when you're a leader, watch this, it can become a challenge to manage all of the things that you oversee. God, if you're a chief executive officer, if you're a pastor, you're not just overseeing one thing, you're overseeing multiple things. You've got to look at multiple things. The, the Amalekites invaded the South and Ziklag. They invaded two places. They only attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. Which teaches us a leadership principle that although only one area was attacked, the goal was to show David that he had two vulnerabilities. I want to encourage you, don't waste a crisis. I'm going to say that again. Leader, do not waste a crisis. Do not waste when you have trouble, when you have issues, when there's controversy. Don't waste it. Why? Because it's trying to show you something. David, while there was only one attack, there were two areas of vulnerability for him. And what you got to know, we're going to all encounter setbacks. Some we choose and some choose us. David experienced a setback that caught him off guard. I'm going to ask you today as a leader, have you ever experienced something that caught you off guard? It throws off your whole day, throws off your whole week, throws off your whole plan. And remember, this attack happens 
when David and his men are tired. Now, this is a familiar passage of scripture. I think I've even talked a little bit about it before on a prior podcast. What you got to know, what you got to understand, watch this, is that there's so many principles in this about leadership that we can extract. David's attack when he's most vulnerable. You need to know as a leader that whenever you're feeling tired, whenever you're feeling stressed, whenever you're feeling discouraged, that's the time where you've got to learn how to build yourself up. Why? Because that's when you're vulnerable. Verse two, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So now their enemy has possession of their people. I'm going to say it again. Their enemy has possession of their people. Whenever you're leading an organization, sometimes enemy voices can have possession of the people you're leading. I just said a whole mouthful. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes enemy, what's an enemy in the Bible? An enemy is anything that opposes your forward progress. Sometimes an enemy you can have possession of your people. It's because, watch this, a rumor's gotten started. It's because bad information's been disseminated to people. It's because uh, somebody with a bad attitude is spreading that. So they, the Amalekites have possession or control over the people. See, maybe you can't relate to this where people have been physically displaced like David, but you can relate to the fact that the people who you're responsible for have now been taken captive. What does that mean? They're captivated. Watch the line. They're captivated by something else. And so whenever you're leading people who are not captivated by the mission, not captivated by the goal, but they're captivated by gossip, captivated by rumor, captivated by drama, captivated by issues, you are in the same predicament David was. It says they carried them away, which means as a leader, David is dealing with a situation where the people he's leading have been carried away because they're captivated by something else, which means now you're having to have conversations with people. Hey, why aren't you focused? Hey, why are you gossiping? Hey, why are you doing this? What's going on with that? And that can be a big issue as a leader. Verse three. So David and his men came to the city and there it was. So now as a leader, David's with his men and they're now surveying what they lead. They're surveying the camp at Ziglag and they're saying it's burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters are now, they've been taken captive. Let's break that verse down. From a leadership perspective, David and his men, they come to the city and now what they had built is on fire. Watch me. As a leader, there are going to be days where you look at what you've been building and it's going to look like it's on fire. There's as a leader, there are going to be days where you look at certain issues, where you look at certain challenges and it's going to be burned with fire. And as a leader, you've got to make sure you've got to make sure that you are in a place in an, uh, in a position where you recognize that those days will come. Those days are going to happen and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it except learn how to not stay in a place of discouragement. David and his men came to the city. There it is, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters have been taken captive. Now, uh, some uh, things weren't destroyed. They were just displaced. And I need you to get that. Things were on fire. That's true. But the most important things weren't destroyed. They were out of place. And sometimes as a leader, your challenge is that, watch this, what you need isn't destroyed. It's just not in the right place. And the reality is, watch that. Sometimes uh, when you're dealing with these situations as a leader, you've got to realize, watch this, not to put something in the destroyed category when it's simply been displaced. Verse four says, then David and the people who were with them, this is referring to his men, 
Now notice, it turns from David and his men to the people who were with him, which suggests to me that at some point, these these individuals went from being mighty men, because being a male is by birth, being a man is by choice. So the scripture changes from the use of the term men and says, and the people who were with them, which means these guys that were with David at one point, they were they were looked at as mighty men. And now watch this. Now, as they're with David, watch this. They've lifted up their voices and the Bible refers to them as the people. And the Bible says, watch this. It infers that these men that were with them have now begun to get discouraged because it doesn't call them men anymore. It just is the people who were with him. And they don't even call them David's men. It says in the people that were with him, which means when they got discouraged, they started to detach. Stop. Whenever people around you are discouraged, sometimes they will begin to detach. And as a leader, you have got to be able to discern and to sense when people are detaching. And you've got to sometimes watch this. Make sure that you don't have people around you that are so discouraged that their detachment is creating a distraction. And then David and the people who were with them lifted up their voices and they wept until they had no more power to weep. You got to think about this place that they were in. David and these individuals, uh, watch this, who at one point the Bible calls them his men. These were warriors. These were gladiators. But the question is, what happens when the strong get tired of being strong? What happens, y'all, when the uh, warrior gets weary? It's dangerous when you don't have any more tears. But what's amazing is why did this attack weary them so that they could not cry anymore? Well, in chapter 29 of 1 Samuel, if we were to look at chapter 29, David was rejected from fighting with the Philistines who were their own enemies. So now David is dealing with rejection another time in life because in 1 Samuel 16, David was rejected by his father, Jesse. What do you mean he was rejected? When they were getting ready to anoint a new king, uh, and, and Samuel goes to Jesse, David's father's house. David's father doesn't even invite him in the house to be considered to be anointed king. So David now is dealing with rejection from 1 Samuel 16, rejection from 1 Samuel 29. And now, watch this, what he had is gone. So David's weariness is even more perplexing if we were to add to it, because this is the same David that killed Goliath. In 1 Samuel 17, after defeating a giant, why would he be so weary with this? This should have been a piece of cake because he's already seen God do amazing things. And leaders, there's certain things we face that if we're honest, it should be a piece of cake. But there are things that we faced, uh, watch this, uh, before that can sometimes, watch this, create experience. And sometimes experience is dangerous. What do you mean, Bishop? When he fought Goliath, he wasn't experienced. He was just prepared. But now his experiences have created a paradigm where since he had won before, watch me, y'all, he was now scared to lose. And now that he's had some experience fighting, he now has an emotional complex he did not have with Goliath. Sometimes your experiences, both bad and good, can cause you to be fearful, scared, and nervous. And that's why what should be a no-brainer seems so complex. Sometimes your previous wins create a complex in you that, watch this, that you've got to uh, uh, press past. See, Goliath was one giant, but remember, Amalekites means many giants, which means David now has this complex where he's like, oh my God, I've been rejected. And although I've already beaten some things, this just seems like this is too much. This just seems like it is too much. If we get to verse five, David's two wives, Ananoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, 
have been taken captive. Now, David was greatly distressed. And here's where I want to get to and focus the remainder of our energy on. Great. David was greatly distressed. So now his, his wives are gone, which means, watch this. He has no place for emotional comfort. Listen, leaders, this is when you have to be careful because David had no place for emotional comfort. And as a leader, sometimes you will try to get emotional comfort from the people you're leading and you can't do that. He couldn't go to his wives. They were gone. So watch this. The absence of people made it so David had to turn to God. And as a leader, I want to encourage you that stop looking for somebody to pick up the phone and call. Stop looking uh, for somebody to pick up the phone and understand your situation. Sometimes what you're going to have to do as a leader is you're going to have to step back and it's going to force you to go to God. See, David was greatly distressed in verse six for the people spoke of stoning him. Now, this is something. Remember, it doesn't call them the men anymore. It says the people. It says the people spoke of stoning him. Stop. David was the leader of these people. These people are discouraged. They're so discouraged, they're not even referred to as men anymore. They're just referred to as the people. And they get so discouraged that they turn on their leader. Stop. David's now stressed and discouraged because the people he's leading are stressed and discouraged. And whenever followers are stressed and discouraged, you want to know who they, it's easy to turn on. It's easy to turn on the leader. It says their soul, watch this, their soul was grieved. The soul of all the people was grieved. That means their mind was in grief. What is grief? Grief is our natural response to loss, which means, watch me, whenever you lose something, our body's natural response is to go into grief. And so there's five stages of grief. And one of those stages deals with anger. So the people are angry. The people begin to bargain. What is bargaining? Bargaining means, God, if you do this, I'll do this. Or I should have did this. I should have did that. It says the people spoke of stoning him because their mind is in grief. Their thoughts are in grief. Their will. What is that? Their desire to do. It's grieving, which means they don't desire to do what's necessary because they're in grief. And sometimes as a leader, you got to be careful because you won't do what you know you have to do because you're in grief. I need you to stop chasing Judas. I need you to stop chasing who left you. I need you to stop being upset about who's not around. I need you to stop being upset about who doesn't want to get on board with what you're doing. That's part of the seat. That's part of leadership. If you're a leader, you're going to call the shots. But to call the shots, you're going to also have to take the shots. And their emotions. Y'all, watch me. Their emotions are in grief. Which means, now, everything about them is unstable. Everything about them is emotional. And so you know what they do? They turn on David. But the Bible says in verse 6, But David strengthened or encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He had to encourage himself so that he didn't give in to the pressure of those that were weary. Be careful not to take on the spirit of your circumstances or the spirit of other people. What is spirit? Mentality. Sometimes you're dealing with difficult stuff so you become difficult. You're dealing with challenges so you become a challenge. You cannot take on the spirit of your circumstances nor the spirit of other people. Some of what you're facing, listen to me, leader, is simply a spirit transfer for somebody else. You took on their grief because one person walked out. Now you're thinking everybody's walking out because one person didn't want to do right. You're thinking everybody doesn't do right. And that's not what you're in. 
And you got to hear me before any bounce back manifests around you, leader, it first has to happen in you. David, after getting bad news from the people that he's leading, what David does is David begins to encourage himself. Which means leadership is often going to be, watch this, a lonely road. I'm going to say it again. Leadership is often going to be a lonely road. Not lonely because, watch this, there's nobody that understands you, but lonely because encouragement is an inside job. Which means, watch this, you got to do that for yourself. You've got to do that on, on from the inside out. See, I can encourage you if you're part of my network, the Harvest Leadership Network, as your leader, as your bishop, I can encourage you. I can give you word. I can give you strength. I can pray for you. But you're going to have to take that and you're going to have to apply it yourself. See, as the doctor, I can prescribe the medicine, but you're going to have to take it. Verse seven says, then David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, bring me the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. Watch this. That was the prayer garment. That was the garment David was going to use to shift. Watch me to shift from being the military leader to now being a spiritual leader. Leaders, watch this next point. You got to learn when to shift. You've got to discern the moment that you're in and realize sometimes you need to be a military leader, which means sometimes you need to advance. But there's sometimes, watch this, that in your advancing, you need to get spiritual. There's sometimes, watch this, you don't need to be having a meeting, you need to be praying. Listen to me, even if you're the CEO of an organization, there are certain times, watch this, where you don't need to be looking at the balance sheet. Watch this, you need to be going to the God that blesses. You got to discern the moment that you're in. David knew <clears throat> the moment he was in was not a moment for him to be advancing because he didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know how to get it done. David encouraged himself. And then once he encouraged himself, he prayed. Now, why didn't he pray to encourage himself? Let me help you with that. Because if David was discouraged, his prayer would have been the wrong prayer. If David was discouraged, his prayer would have been, Lord, why did you let this happen to me? I'm so tired of this, Lord. I'm so sick of this. I can't handle this. No. When you're a leader, you have got to boss up. What does that mean? You have got to allow the inner lion in you. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. You got to let that inner lion rise up on the inside of you and say, I got this. I can handle this. For this reason was I sit. And if I'm sitting in the seat of a leader, I'm responsible for what he set me over. So what happens? Verse seven, he, 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 get, he goes, he gets the garment to pray. I mean, he gets the prayer garment, got me, or watch me rather. He wanted to pray before he became prey. He wanted to pray P-R-A-Y before he became prey, P-R-E-Y. Too many people often talk to people with no answers when they need answers. You can't consult losers when you need a win. You can't consult quitters when you need a fight. You need to check people's fruit before you let their words determine your future. So David said, I don't want to talk to any of y'all. Let me encourage myself and then let me pray. Because once I'm encouraged, I'm going to pray a prayer. Watch this. That seeks answers. Doesn't want pity. Y'all ain't talking to me. Once I encourage myself, I'm going to pray a prayer that wants to see things improve and not just sit there in an emotional pity party. Verse eight. So David inquired of the Lord and he says to the Lord, watch this. Shall I pursue this truth? Stop. David didn't know what happened, but David knew what happened had to have been done by an enemy. He didn't know exactly who it was. He didn't know exactly what they'd done, but because he had encouraged himself first. Leaders, before you go preach, encourage yourself. Pastors, before you go meet with your team, encourage yourself. Executives, before, before you start having conversations with people, encourage yourself. 
Because if you are discouraged, you're going to have the wrong conversation. If you are discouraged, watch me, you're going to have the wrong discourse. David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? He asked God two questions and he answered him, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. David didn't mind the fight. He just wanted to know he was going to win. Watch this. He didn't really want to give up because if he did, why pray? And as a leader, watch this. You don't really want to give up. Why are you listening to this podcast? You don't really want to, you don't really want to give up on your business. Why, why are you, why are you looking for material? Stop saying, I'm going to give up. Then why'd you go to, why, why'd you go to church? If you wanted to give up, you would have just given up. You just want to know that you're going to win. And I need to announce to some leader today that you are in your winning season. God's three answers revealed David's unasked question. He had just failed, as I told you already, so he's scared to fail again. David was so wearied that he asked a question that honestly should have been a no-brainer. It wasn't like he was going after some new territory. It was his stuff. That was your self-esteem, your confidence, your department, your ministry, your business. Your family, your job, your car, your house, your money, your reputation. I want to talk to some of the leaders that are saying, I'm scared to fail. I want to ask you this leader. Why did you allow your setback to change what you said you believed? Wow. Often your assignment's first answer is no. Let me stop right there. Whenever you're making progress, some of the first response you're going to get is no. The key to your bounce back is what have you done with your setback? See, David was anointed to be king, so throughout his life, he was going to have to deal with king's battles. Listen to me, leader. The battles you're facing have nothing to do with where you are nor where you've been. They have everything to do with where you're headed. They will use where you've been and where you are against you, but it's because of where you're headed. It's kind of like that movie Terminator. Y'all remember Terminator? Where Terminator was this Terminator machine that came from the future into the present using past information to try to get them to self-defeat. And that's exactly what the enemy will try to do with you. If we keep on reading in the story, in verse 9, David went, he and 600 men that were with him, and they came to the brook Besor. Besor means good news, where those who stayed were left behind. Which means everybody didn't go with David. Listen to me, leader. Don't be discouraged when everybody doesn't go. Watch this. What if you don't need everything you thought you needed? What if you had too many people around you that were leeches and not actually adding any value? Don't be discouraged when everybody doesn't go. Verse 10. But David pursued. Why did he pursue? Because he encouraged himself. He encouraged himself. Then he prayed. So he prayed the right prayers. So David, even though some people stayed behind and even though some people didn't want to go, David kept going. He and 400 men for 200 had stayed behind. So watch me. 600 go with David. Some of them stay behind. So we don't know the total number of men. Then in verse 10, 400 men are with them because 200 stay behind. David is just experiencing some massive loss. Got it? As a leader, you're going to experience what you may call loss initially. I need to say this to you and say this to you with a lot of strength. You can never lose people. What do you mean, Bishop? If you're a pastor, sometimes people say, oh, man, you lost people. You can't really lose people because the people who are with you won't leave you. People who aren't with you will leave you, which means you didn't really lose anything. Let me give you scripture for that. Paul said they went out from among us or they left us so that it might be made manifest that they were never of us. Because if they had really been of us, they never would have left us in the first place. Got it? Okay. 200 of them couldn't hear the good news because they're too weary. 
This is after some already stayed behind. He leaves with six, then another 200 leave on the journey. As a leader, the reason you've got to keep yourself encouraged with things like this podcast, watching the messages um, uh, from Harvest, that's why we make them available. Why? Because as I'm preaching and teaching, I'm not just preaching and teaching to uh, 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 to encourage and to build and to inspire, but I'm also speaking to leaders. There's leadership principles. Part of my anointing, part of my gift, part of my assignment is to speak life into leaders. What's amazing, watch this, is that uh, uh, 200 deciding not to go. I believe that was God checking to see if David would still go if 200 of his people fell through. When other people won't fight for you, sometimes God wants to see if you will fight for yourself. Everybody is not going to cross over into good news with you. There's so much more to this story. I want to get down to verse number 17. Uh, if you were read, to read verses 11 through 17, you'd see that David uh, comes across a man and they're kind to this man. One of the things why you got to stay encouraged is because if you're a discouraged leader, you'll bleed on people and you will be mean to people and cruel to people and you'll beat people down. And sometimes the people you're cruel to were the people who actually had your answer. I just said something right there. Matter of fact, can I just read you those verses? Verses 11 through 14. Then he, uh, then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and they gave him bread and he ate. They gave him bread and he ate after they bring him to David and they let him drink some water. They gave him a piece of cake and of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him for he had eaten no bread, no drunk, no water for three days and three nights. Remember, three days ago, um, uh, uh, after three days, that's when all of this happened. So this guy starts to be discouraged the same time that David does, which means as a leader, what you're going through, somebody else is going through it and you have to come through it because you're going to be their answer. Then David said to him, to whom do you belong? Where are you from? He said, I'm a young man from Egypt, a servant of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. Somebody else threw him away because he was sick, but he was about to be David's answer. See, but if you're if you're a discouraged leader, you look at this person that's sick and be like, well, look, you know what I'm going through? You know what I've been through? You know what I'm facing? You know what I'm dealing with? You know my challenges? So we made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites and the territory which belongs to Judah and the southern area of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. Watch this. What's amazing is David said to him, can you take me down to this troop? He said, swear to me that you're not going to tell my master about what I'm telling you. And they said, we're not going to tell him. Essentially, verse 16, when they brought him down, there they were spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because all of the great spoil which they had taken in the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. They were having a party, but they were partying with David's stuff. Verse 17, then David attacked. That word attack means beat down. Slap, ruin. Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. What's amazing to me is verse 18. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. Did you hear me? All. I need you to write that word down. All. I need you to say that word. All. David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David had rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoiled or anything, which they had taken from them. David recovered all. So watch this. Here's the first level leaders. David encouraged himself. He kept himself encouraged. So what did he get? Everything back. So to every leader who feels like you've lost money, lost opportunity, lost business, if you keep yourself encouraged, you're going to get everything that you thought you lost. That's coming back. But verse 20 is the kicker. 
Here it is. Then David took all of the flocks and the herds they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. What does that mean? David got extra. David got some interest because David knew how to encourage himself from the inside out. I want to pray with you. Father, I pray with every leader listening to this now. I pray that they'd encourage themselves from the inside out. So not only would they recover anything that they think that they have lost, be it people, money, opportunity, uh, influence, whatever it is, uh, even authority. But I pray that not only would they get that back, but as they encourage themselves, that they would get even more back, that they would get interest, that they would get, as we say, sometimes double for their trouble. I speak life into this leader now in Jesus name. Amen. Guys, I pray you've been blessed by today's leadership podcast. Do me a favor. Leave a positive review on iTunes. Let us know that you were blessed by it. Don't forget to sow. Don't forget to give. Go to Harvest Church. That church you can give that way. Go to Cash App, uh, Cash Tag Bishop Foreman or Harvest Church Give. You can also give through our app if you text the word Harvest to 59769, as well as you can give right there through um, our uh, text to give system. You just text the amount, say you're going to give $1,000, you just text 1000 So the phone number 84321. When you do that, you're going to put in the zip code 812. You're going to see that Harvest V, that distinct V. You click on that, you'll know that's where you're supposed to be. You can set up your giving account that way. I love you, and I'm so blessed to be able to pour into you. Until next time, you got to remember, love God, love people, love life. Shalom. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.